0: Well, if you have your Bibles, we are in Luke chapter 22, Luke chapter 22, and um, we are looking at Judas's betrayal uh, this morning, and uh, we're going to be looking at verses one through six and then also in John chapter 13 this morning, but Judas, you know, Judas in the Bible was a very popular name up to this point. And uh, following Judas's betrayal of Jesus, it was no longer a, um, a popular name to name your children after. And, uh, you know, when we think of Judas, we think of a very despicable person. It's easy to dismiss him and to think that, um, wow, my life is far removed from his life. My life is nothing like what Judas did to Jesus. And it's easy to move on, but I'd prefer us not to move on this morning. I want us to look at his life and the path that he chose and uh, some timeless principles that can apply to our life. You know, there are times where we've made decisions, choices that have disappointed God. And how might those times be associated with Judas's life? And so that's where we're at this morning, and we're going to be looking at the first six verses. So let me read those verses. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew near, which is called the Passover, and the priest chief priests and scribes were seeking how to put him to death for they feared the people then satan entered into judas called iscariot who was of the number of the twelve and he went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers how he might betray him to them and they were glad and agreed to give him money so he consented and sought an opportunity to betray to, them, to betray him to them in the absence of the crowd. What are some timeless principles that you and I can glean from Judas 's life? The first is this: sin never delivers what it promises. The Bible says that, the, that Satan entered into Judas. Somehow Satan had convinced Judas that making this decision was going to be a good thing. It was going to be a good thing in his own personal interest. It was going to be a good thing for the Jews. Now, we don't know why, exactly why Judas turned Jesus in, but Judas, I think, was at the point where he was frustrated with Jesus. Jesus had talked about going to the cross, that he was going to die, and three days later he was going to raise from the dead. And this wasn't Judas' idea of a Messiah. And so, thinking Judas was Most likely thinking that if I can force Jesus' hand in this matter, Jesus will stand up to the Romans. But uh, that way of thinking didn't pan out. And you know, Satan has a way of convincing us to make certain choices, thinking that our life is going to be made better. But Satan... Never delivers on his promises; they always fall short. And in verse three, we see that Satan entered Judas's life. Did did Satan become, or did Judas become uh, demon possessed at this moment? No. But he did become influenced by the enemy. And think about this for a moment. Here is one of the twelve. The Bible says in, in verse uh, 3 that uh, he was in Jesus' inner court. And he was being influenced by the enemy. How was he in influenced by the enemy? He entertained what Satan had to say. He opened his heart to Satan. And how many of us have been there? We've done the very same thing. We've opened our heart to the enemy. And when we open our heart to the enemy, we make foolish choices. And we begin to think to ourselves, well, you know, this will be okay. This will be time. This will be for a season. But Jesus, Satan never delivers on the promises that he, he makes. And so here we have in this first passage of scripture, um, Judas saying yes to the enemy, and he sadly regrets it. Not only does he not deliver on his promises, but the second timeless principle I want you to see this morning is this it is possible to be near to christ and still not be saved judas didn't lose his salvation judas had never experienced salvation judas always referred to jesus as good teacher never as master or lord And he was extremely close to Jesus, but he had never given his heart to him. He was associated as one of his followers. He was engaged. He participated in ministry. He preached the gospel, the good news. He healed the sick. He did all the miracles that we see in in Luke chapter 10 when he sent out the 72. He was part of that success. And what we learn from his life, it's impossible to be close to Jesus but not be saved. And this is descriptive of Judas's life. He was he was the treasurer of the disciples. Now, to be a treasurer, to to handle money, people have got to trust your character. You know, they need to trust who you are in a person. And Disciples trusted Judas. He was the treasurer. But this is what it says in John chapter 12, verses 4 through 6. It says, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who had been, was about to betray him, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief now now john is is writing after the fact okay jesus Jesus was crucified, he was resurrected um, he, he's, his hindsight is twenty twenty. so John knows the life of Judas at this point, and he realized that Judas was a thief, and last part of that verse, and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. After the fact, they realized what Judas had been doing all along. But to begin with, Judas had been entrusted as a treasurer. And here we have this this great opportunity. Judas had this great opportunity to associate with Jesus, to to walk with Jesus, and to see Jesus do all these various things. Miracles. But what wasted privilege. He threw it all away. He was so close to the kingdom, but had never entered the kingdom. And I think that this describes church members today. They walk the walk, they talk the talk. And on the outside, They are trusted. They're well-respected people. But Jesus says one day, those people are going to be severely disappointed. Because in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, on that day... Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons and in your name and do many mighty works in your name? This is going to be Judas' testimony. And then will I declare to them, Jesus says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So again, another timeless truth. First timeless truth is sin never delivers what it promises. And the second timeless truth is this. You can be really close to Jesus and yet be so far away. Not know him as your Lord and Savior. And this is descriptive of Judas's life. There's a third timeless truth. It's this Judas climbed over obstacles Jesus put in his way. Jesus put several obstacles in Judas's path just to remind Judas Judas, I know. Judas, I love you. Judas, you don't have to go this direction. And Judas had to climb over every one of those obstacles. And John chapter 13 gives us a little bit of more insight into the Lord's Supper and what was happening on that occasion. Jesus already knows that uh, a deal that Judas has made a deal with the religious people. Okay. Judas went in secret in verses three through six of chapter 21. And here they are in the upper room now and Jesus knows that Judas has sold him out. But Jesus continues to pursue Judas. He doesn't write him off. He's, he's, he's reminding Judas that he loves him. So let's look at verses 15 through verse 30 this morning of John chapter 13. Bible says, for I have given you an example. He's just washed their feet, all right? He's washed the disciples' feet. I have given you example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. He's referring to Judas. I am telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Verse 21, after saying these things, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at the table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So the disciple leaning back against Jesus said to him, "Lord, who is it?" And Jesus answered, "It is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread, and when I have dipped it, when I have dipped it." So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him, and Jesus said to him, "What you are going to do." quickly! Now, no one at the table knew why he had said this to Judas. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. What were the obstacles Jesus was putting before Judas. Number 1, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. He washed Judas's feet. Jesus knew that Judas had already sold him out, but Jesus continued to humble himself, kneel before Judas and wash his dirty feet. Not only did Jesus wash his feet, but Jesus was hinting that he knew that Jesus, Judas, had already betrayed him. Verses 10 and 11. Verse 10, it says that, um, speaking about their feet, and you are clean, but not every one of you. And he was talking about Judas. Verse 11, for he knew who was to betray him. That's, that was why he said, not all of you are clean. Jesus has washed their feet. Jesus is telling the disciples, not all of you are clean. He's hinting to Judas. Everybody else doesn't have a clue, but Judas Judas knows exactly who Jesus is talking about. He doesn't speak in an ugly manner. He still has great love for for Judas. And then he says in verse, um, verse 18, he says, He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. He's quoting from Psalm chapter 41, verse 9. Judas is fulfilling prophecy at this point. Just like David had been betrayed by a close friend, now here Jesus is going to be betrayed by Judas, a close friend. And it says that uh, he has lifted his heel against me. That word for uh, heel in the Greek is descriptive of a horse uh, kicking um, the, um, the person who cared, the, the, the horse's owner, in the jaw. Can you imagine how painful that would be to be kicked by a horse? The horse raising up his heel against his owner. And Jesus is saying, that's what it's like, Judas, for you to be betraying me. And then Jesus says this in verse 21 of John 13. He says, after saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified. Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Jesus got emotional at this moment. He was choked up. I'm sure it had to have been awkward by, uh, with the rest of the disciples, but Jesus was moved. He was troubled in his spirit because he knew exactly what Judas was about to do. But the obstacles didn't end. They went into uh, the, the Lord's Supper. Now, you need to get out of your mind uh, the picture of uh, um, Leonardo da Vinci, the, the Last Supper scene that he's painted. It wasn't like that in this setting. Uh, all the disciples are around a table, and they're reclining on one on one elbow. And uh, I want you to imagine uh, John leaning against Jesus' breast, and then Jesus leaning against Judas Judas was seated at a place of honor he was right next to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Jesus says one of you is going to betray me and Peter wants to know new and he gets John's attention and John uh looks into Jesus's eyes as he's leaning into Jesus's breast breast asking is it I We're familiar with the story. And Jesus says, the one who I dip the morsel of bread uh, into the cup and give. That's the one who's going to betray me. And even at that point, the disciples don't know who he's speaking of. But Jesus looks right to Judas. Verses 25 through 28, let's read it again. So the disciple leaning back against Jesus said, Lord, who is it? That was John. Jesus answered, It is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, who was right next to him. When a Palestinian takes a morsel of bread and dips it and gives it to someone else. It's a gesture of friendship. It's an extension of friendship. And so what Jesus is saying is he dips the nor- morsel of bread and gives it to Ju- Judas. Judas, it's not too late. I want to be your friend. I love you. And this was one more obstacle that Judas had to climb over in betraying Christ. And for the disciples, they're clueless. Jesus never tipped his hat to Judas. He never, you know, raised the eyebrow or whatever, letting everybody else know it's you, it's, it's Judas no the disciples are still clueless but he continues to hint continues to place obstacles in judas's path and the lord is the same with us how loving how patient he knows He knows everything there is about us. He knows the things that we've done to disappoint him. But God never gives up on you or I. He's still reminding us that he is there. Satan never delivers is the first timeless principle. The second, you can be near to Jesus and yet so far from him. The third timeless principle Jesus is constantly pursuing us in spite of our weaknesses and faults. Number four, God will ultimately give us over to our decisions. He's not going to fight with us forever. There is going to be a time where Jesus will say, okay, you win. And this took place in Judas's life. Look at verse uh, 27. The Bible says, Then after he had taken the morsel, after Judas had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him, and Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. I don't think you're there yet. Because you're in this room this morning. But God knows what you've been entertaining. And the enemy has convinced you. Oh, nothing's going to come about of this. You know, it's not going to be bad. I can get away with this. And maybe you will for a period of time. But there may come a point like it came in Judas's life where Jesus finally had to give Judas over to the desires of Judas's heart. My friend, avoid that path. Pay attention to Judas's mistakes. God is not going to strive with us forever. There's going to be a point as we keep resisting the Holy Spirit in our life that we are going to be turned over to the desires of our hearts. Romans chapter 1, verses 24 and following. He will not strive with us forever. That's the fourth principle. And the last principle is this. Remorse without repentance leads only to despair. Judas never repented oh he regretted the choice that he made he saw the consequences of this of his actions he realized that this was blowing up in his face you know jesus wasn't going to stand up to the enemy and here he sees the roman soldiers carrying jesus away and all that Jesus had prophesied about himself was now going to come to fruition. And in Judas's mind, Judas is to blame. And instead of repenting, he merely has regret. And we know the story. We know that in Matthew chapter 27, Judas went out and he hung himself. He couldn't live with himself any longer. He had sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. And he had great remorse, but he didn't repent. Had he repented, had he cried out for mercy, God, forgive me, I have forsaken your son. If he had cried out and asked God to forgive him, God would have forgiven. God would have restored. We know the life of Peter. We know that Peter who said he would never deny Christ, three times that evening he denied the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter regretted what he had done. He knew exactly what he had done, but he repented. And Jesus, following the resurrection, went to Peter. And he restored Peter. And Peter became the spokesperson of the New Testament church. My friend, it's not enough just to be sorry for your sin. Is it too late? Absolutely not. God wants to forgive. God wants to restore. But you've got to come clean with him. Don't listen to the accuser and think to yourself, well, I can no longer live with myself and just take your own life. That's what the enemy wants you to do. That's not what God wanted Judas to do. But Judas didn't. Cry out for mercy. Learn. Learn from Judas' life. There are timeless principles for all of us here in this passage of Scripture. Satan will never deliver all that he promises. It's possible to be really close to Jesus, but not be saved. Jesus is constantly putting things in our path to remind us of his love and his presence. And it's not too late. You can turn back to him, but there will be a day if you continue to resist the Holy Spirit that God will turn you over to the desires of your own heart. Repent. Cry out to him for mercy. Don't be like Rob Lowe. You know, these uh, direct TV commercials are really obnoxious, aren't they? There's Rob Lowe and there's his alternative Rob Lowe. And Rob Lowe says, don't be like that Rob Lowe. Well, Jesus has something better. Don't be like Judas. Let's pray. Father, I I thank you you, that you know every one of us here in this room. And God, you've been throwing out hints over and over and over again that you know. You know the choices, the foolish choices that we've been making. But Jesus, I thank you that you continue to pursue us. I pray that we would listen to your voice and not follow through with our foolish desires, sinful desires. But God, that we would humble ourselves and repent and live for you. God, for the people who are listening to your voice right now, I pray that one today would be the day of their salvation. That they would acknowledge you as Lord and Savior of their life. Repent of their sin and follow you. And Lord, for others who have been entertaining Entertaining Satan's schemes that today, Lord, that they would realize that those promises are all empty. And only you can bring the life that we are looking for. Bless this time of worship as we turn our hearts to you in Jesus' name.